Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Monday, we're going to talk some USC Trojan football with the coach Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, harveyhyde.com, for all of his content talking about the USC Trojans. It's a question driven show. And if you have any questions for us here on the podcast, send them via email, podcast at uscfootball.com. That's the quickest way. Or if you'd like to call or text us, you can do that too, 424. 424- Two five four nine one four one. It is the off season, so any kind of topics you would like to discuss, we'll be happy to do that with you. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app on your phone, please follow the Peristyle Podcast. Leave us a five star rating. Any kind of questions or comments you have for us, we'd love to read them on the show. And we do love talking to the coach Harvey Hyde, even through the off season. We'll probably take some breaks from doing some of these shows because you know there's not as much going on right now. The the NFL draft is over. Spring football is over. But we wanted to get Coach in, maybe a couple topics today, and then we'll see that next time we we bring him back. But Coach, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. Had a great Mother's Day. And again, we want to uh, say Happy Mother's Day. We're a little bit late telling a lot of you out there that, but I hope all of you did have a great Mother's Day. And I, I did, as far as with my family and uh, everything. So again, uh, as Ryan just mentioned, we're sort of going into what you might call a silent period or a period where there's going to be a lot of recruiting going on. But if we have something that comes up, that's big time that you wanted to discuss, we'll do it for you because we're always here. Football really never goes away. It doesn't. And like, like coach said, yeah, we'll do our best to uh, kind of keep you up to date with what's going on. If any kind of breaking news, but we'll probably take some weeks off here and there, uh, just depending on what's going on. May will be, traditionally slower than normal. It's usually uh, a lot of evaluations going on in the recruiting process. We're still in a dead period until June 1st. June's going to be hot with uh, a lot of official visits. So there's going to be a lot. If you're a recruit, Nick, there'll be a lot of recruiting info going on out there. Plus there should be these summer workouts going on. So there might be some newsy stuff happening there. The non-early enrollee players will start to arrive on campus. And many of them haven't played for a while because they're from California and they didn't get to play their senior season. So there's a lot of that going on, too. So And then some did. So some you know players that, that were able to get a spring high school football season in, and then they're going to arrive on campus this summer. So we'll keep you up to date on that. But you know, for the next few weeks, we'll see. Unless there's something breaking, we probably won't have uh, this podcast going on. We wanted to uh, start off with a little bit of uh, breaking news. Uh, this I know it's mostly a football podcast, but this is a pretty big hire for Mike Bone in the USC Athletic Department. Maybe give you a better feel for the kind of people that they want to bring into the program. Um, USC hired a new women's basketball coach. So the Cleveland, Clav- the Cleveland Cavaliers assistant, Lindsay Gottlieb, uh, no relation to Doug, Got- Doug Gottlieb, uh, by the way. She is new- USC's new Head coach, so it's a big hire. I think this is someone. This is going to make a splash. If you remember USC women's basketball back in the '80s, they even made an HBO documentary about it. Cheryl Miller, 
and the whole crew, uh, you know, winning a couple national championships. She was uh, assistant at Syracuse and New Hampshire and Richmond and, and at Cal before becoming the associate head coach at Cal, going to UC Santa Barbara and then back to Cal where uh, she went to uh, a trip to the Final Four. So it's a, a big home, big uh, hire by Mike Bone, and uh, the, everyone seems pretty excited about it. There's a lot of uh, NBA Twitter people talking about it. If you if you look at that, uh, Mark Trek retired in April. Uh, he was the head coach for the last four seasons. It's second time around at USC. This is an outside hire. This is a big name hire, and uh, you know I'm I'm not a women's basketball expert by any stretch, but uh, this is one that. It's not a, you know, hey, let's re- bring back someone that we are familiar with. This is going out and getting a big name in the world of basketball. Well, I was surprised. Uh, I didn't know that happened today. And uh, yeah, where was she at Cle- with Cleveland or where was she? Yeah, she was an assistant coach with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. I'll tell you what, that's something great. I'll tell you, well, you can't be too surprised coming out of uh, Ohio, the state of Ohio. Where my phone is from right now, we're pretty yeah. popular in, in Texas and Ohio. So uh, congratulations to her. I like Mike Track Track a lot. He's a good man and uh, had a great career in coaching. I think it was Buena High School to a lot of CIF championships, and then to USC, and then after USC, I think he went to New Mexico State, and then back to USC. So. You know, you have these career changes that go on, and again, uh, you certainly do hope. I'll tell you what, welcome to the Pac-12 as far as uh, women's basketball. It is one of the best. Yeah, so great, a good hire there. She was actually the very first uh, head coach, NCAA women's head coach, to be hired by an NBA team. And I mentioned it was back in the 2012-13 season. Her Cal Bears went 32-4, and and they reached the uh, NCAA Final Four. So, um, you know, good success, good run at Cal. Let's see what she's able to do at USC. A lot of tradition there, like we talked about before. Uh, you know, having that HBO documentary coming out in the last couple of years, maybe that helps a little bit. Um, but yeah, nice. You know, I I think if you're like on the football side, coach, it just kind of shows there's people that don't trust Mike Bone. Um, they think, oh, they're not going to do the right thing. The moves that they've made outside of, obviously, most of the fans want that the USC head football coach replaced, but the moves they've made outside of that, I think have all been, or most of them have been really impressive. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know how many people this weekend watch uh, beach volleyball, but I spent two days watching beach volleyball. I'll tell you what, I love it. It's exciting. And if people, uh, they already know, I'm obviously, uh, they know that, but the national championship was won by USC. They defeated UCLA. What an exciting, exciting uh, weekend it was. I, I just love beach volleyball. And uh, you do too, Ryan. And I, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. In fact, you play it a lot. Uh, I thought it was a great weekend as far as if you love volleyball, if you like competitiveness. And these these young ladies, they're absolutely tremendous athletes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the, congrats to the women of Troy. Um they win uh, the national championship in beach volleyball, beating UCLA. I think they were number two, and UCLA was number one. It's kind of gone back and forth. I think USC won the first three, and then UCLA won. and So it's gone back and forth a little bit. But congrats to the women of Troy winning that national championship. Yeah, I love beach volleyball. I play a couple times a week. I coach it, too. <laughs> so I'm down at the beach coaching, you know, when your spare time, do some of that stuff. So I love I love it. So congrats to uh, 
uh, the women of Troy of winning that. And uh, you know, I just want to mention too, uh, Dr. Bartner. Uh, we we didn't really get to mention this. He had his uh, finally they had that gala, the fiftieth anniversary. It was online, uh, so it was a virtual uh, celebration of the fifty years uh, running the Spirit of Troy. And you know, they had like Mark Hamill, you know, Luke Skywalker uh, on there. Uh, the guys from Fleetwood Mac, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, Matt Leinert, uh, Ronnie Lott, like tons of people, you know, John Robinson, all these people talking about how important Dr. Bartner was. And if you missed it, we did we did have a bunch of uh, I did a bunch over this offseason, did uh, the art cast. I did, you know, hosted 13 episodes with Dr. Bartner, kind of talking about some of the history of the band and stuff and. He sent me a really nice, uh, you know, album that he signed and everything. So it's been pretty cool. I mean, there's nothing like him in collegiate sports. I mean, anything like he, you know, to to run the USC Trojan Marching Band for 50 years, to turn it into, you know, a band that has platinum albums, like really coming in. And they talked about the history and everything. So if you get a chance, you can check that out online. Uh, but that was a really nice tribute to I just wanted to mention that. Well, uh, I want to tell you too, uh, uh, he's been everywhere. When I coached at Japan Bowl, uh, the cheerleaders were there, and the band was there, part of the band. Every 4th of July, uh, the band or portion of the band marches down uh, Avalon, uh, Fremont Street in Avalon for the 4th of July parade. They start that off. Uh, they, they're they everywhere with weddings and anniversaries and fundraisers and all the different things that he's done. I don't know how he's done all he's done. Uh, Olympics, uh World Cup, uh, you mentioned it, and they've done it all. He's a Hall of Famer, and again, uh, he's going to be missed. And uh, when you talk about bands and the shades they wear and all the things that I look at, the way they march, I tell you, it's it's great to see uh, this tradition, and I hope this uh, tradition continues. Yeah. All right, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back. Uh, I want to talk a little about expanding the college football playoff, and then we got a voicemail to get to back in a minute. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. If you guys listen to the podcast of Champions, if you like Pac-12 football in general, I do a show um, once a week, typically with David Woods, who covers UCLA uh, for 24-7 sports. Um, and, you know, we talk try to talk all about Pac-12 football. And one of the hot topics, Coach, has been expanding the college football playoff. I'm... Uh, I'm cool with it. I think it helps the Pac-12 if you get, you know, the Pac-12 not being in the playoff to me is something that hurts the conference. If you expand it, you know, having four spots for five major conferences plus Notre Dame never made a lot of sense to me from the very beginning. I would like to see like an A-team type of playoff. Uh, That's just my opinion. But a lot of our listeners, Coach, on the podcast of champions, you know, it's not just like the the big schools or, you know, smaller schools too. In the Pac-12, they don't like the idea of expanding. My co-host David Woods doesn't like the idea of expanding. So I want to get your thoughts on it because there's been 
a lot of talk. It sounds like the powers that be are definitely moving in that direction. I think there's still five years left on the deal, but you kind of have to, you know, get these things rolling a little early. And who knows, they could, you know, with the TV contracts and stuff, they could, uh, you know, rip those up and, and start again. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Coach, if you think uh, expanding the college football playoff is a good idea. Well, you know, this has been a topic that's been talked about for a long period of time. There's a lot of things to consider. First of all, you don't want to cheapen the regular season. You want the regular season to mean something so that every game means something as far as uh, for the fans, the television audience, the players, the whole package as far as how you do during the season makes a difference on uh, what you receive at the end. Uh, There used to be a few years ago uh, only the conference champions went to a bowl game. Now, if you have a record of six and six, you go to a bowl game, and there's something like 30-some or whatever bowl games, where to me it's sort of cheapened a little bit, uh, uh, the bowl games, what they, what they stand for. You're supposed to be really successful and really win a conference championship and do the things to, to celebrate these uh, type of things. Now it's more or less a trophy for everybody. And obviously, it's a money business, and uh, ESPN owns nine or ten uh, of the bowl games, and obviously, it's great programming for them, and people love football, so they do it. But I don't want to see it uh, cheapen the regular season as far as what each game game means uh, every weekend. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not for it. Again, I wasn't for the BCS breaking up when they had the two champions, when they had just two teams going to the national championship and playing. I thought it was great, the controversy that went on and talked about football all year round. Well, this team should have gone. They selected the wrong team and all this and that. I thought it sort of add to it. And an 18 playoff doesn't necessarily mean that the best team is going to win the national championship. And I'm real concerned. I think the best team should play for the national championship. If you have a lot of different playoff games, uh, uh, all, all of a sudden you lose a player, you lose your quarterback, and all of a sudden you're out. So, you know, you're already having a conference championship game. That's another game that everybody's picking up all the bucks on. So if you win the conference championship or two teams are in the conference championship, there's a playoff. Isn't that a playoff game? If you win that, you have an opportunity to go to the national championship or the final four. So how many playoff games do they want? I mean, the season can only be so long. What do they do, take a couple of games off of the regular season? Uh, I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't think they will. So is it going to be 12 games, 13 games, 14 games, 15 games? Before long, it'll be a regular NFL football season. So, no, I'm not in favor of it. I think I like it the way it is. If your conference is not good enough to get in, uh, that's part of your problem. Uh, raise the standards. Get your conference playing better football. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sort of the one. I'll never forget uh, the feeling of once, uh, you know, a coach telling me, I don't want to go to a bowl game because we didn't win enough games. And I agreed with him. Why should you successfully successfully uh get a bowl game or, or get a bowl game when you're six and six. I mean, is that what you play for? I didn't play for that. So that that's my feeling. Uh, I like it the way it is because that's what it currently is. I don't like to see the traditional bowl games 
They get cheated out. I like the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl have been around a long time, and they deserve to have what they have. Now they don't have the, the past champion that they used to have, the Big Ten Pac-12 champion, because right now if one of those teams from the Pac-12 or the Big Ten are selected, then they lose that and they get another choice of another team. But, uh, you know, I like these traditional bowl games. They've been there for hundreds of years or 50 years supporting college athletics and television and all of the above and just all of a sudden cut out that tradition. I'm not really for it. I think it's part of college football. And I think that, you know, there's always uh, something to talk about, about who didn't get in and and who should have gotten in and who's the number one team. I think right now with the way it's set up, we find out who the best team is. Yeah, I, I, I get it, Coach. Um, the issue for me, especially with the BCS, it becomes it's become a very regional sport, right? Like it's so focused in the South right now. There's built-in biases for sure, where a team that you know could be out west is probably not going to get the benefit of the doubt, where like an Alabama team that's been winning. You know, and for good reason, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Not having a seat at the table in some years wouldn't matter, right? That team, the, the Pac-12 champ or the Big 12 champ or whoever it is, shouldn't have a seat at the table. But I, the, the fear I have is there's years where they should have one, and the biases on you know for the SEC and, and the big, you know, the Big Ten prevent that from happening. I think it was easier to prevent it with there was only two. A little harder when there's four, but you know, having eight, at least you would have some representation there. I just, to me, I get the controversy. It's fun to talk about. You don't want to play a million games. Um, but the not having, you know, year after year after year, the Pac-12 being left out. Um, I'm not saying they would have won the championship any of those years, but you're never getting a shot, you know, and that that's what I'm, that's what the fear is now. If you, you want to try to even it up, getting a chance to play in the playoff every year would, would be one way of doing that. Well, yeah, they've had a shot. They didn't do it. I think you do, you uh, should deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, uh, obviously, the Southeastern Conference and the uh, ACC and the Big Ten uh, have dominated college football. That just passes a message on. That's why they're getting a new commissioner, I think, in the Pac-12 because of uh, what's happened. But the uh, Pac-12 is pretty successful in a lot of sports that they play. And they win national championships. So I think it's a philosophy as far as where they want to be with college football. So I think they just got to tune it up and decide that's what they want. And if they want it, they got to compete for it. I mean, let's take USC this year. Do you really think they should have? Uh, well, this, let's just take a look at them. They won those close football games. What if they had played Notre Dame and Alabama this year in their schedule? Do you think they're the same caliber of football team that those two teams were this year? Absolutely not. Why should they be able to qualify or go to a uh, go to a national championship game if somehow they would have beaten Oregon in the the Pac-12 championship game? I mean, that's almost embarrassing. So you know, I think you got to earn your rights to go to a championship game. And right now, the Pac-12, Oregon is trying to make a move. I'd like to think SC is trying to make a move, but I think you you should uh, you should be rewarded for what you have, not for you know, everybody gets a trophy. All right, Coach, we got a voicemail question, and that's going to wrap up the show. Let me play it for you. Ricky from Mom Rod, I love the show, guys. 
just a question that's kind of kind of scary. Uh, of course, all the recruits, the ultimate goal is the NFL. And when you think of it, if Talanoa had gone to Oregon, would he be a first-round pick? Because he would have been brought through correctly. Uh, St. Brown gone to Alabama, first-round pick. I'm just wondering if the other recruits and the recruits to come are not looking at that or other schools are not using that against us as a reason not to go here. And I just wanted to see you guys' opinion. You guys are doing a great job. God bless. Brian, help me out with the question, would you please? Sure thing, Coach. Thanks, Ricky, for that one. So he's talking about recruits, their goal being making it to the NFL. What if a guy like Talano Hufunga went to Oregon? Would he have been a first-round pick? What if Amon Ross St. Brown went to Alabama? Would he have been a first-round pick? And do other recruits look at this, and could it be negative, used as negative recruiting towards USC? Well, you know, it's hard to say that. I think great players, you know, there's a lot of great players that get picked that aren't from USC or aren't from Oregon or aren't from Alabama. Uh, there are some great players in America. You, you see so many... If you watch the NFL draft and you watch the highlights, there's great players on every level of college football. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean if they'd have gone to one of those other schools, they'd have been a first-round selection. I think it's what you do on the field and the system you're in and how you're utilized in what position and how you know you do your thing. I think Ufunga's a great player. Woody uh, started at uh, Alabama. Uh, well, that's a great challenge to find out. But he did have an opportunity to play at USC and really distinguish who he was and uh, played hard, was an all-Pac-12 player, and now will have the opportunity of playing uh, in the NFL. So uh, it's hard to say if if St. Brown would have gone to another school if he'd have been a first-round pick because players, coaches, and NFL scouts evaluate a person on their ability, not necessarily – on the team they played on, but what their high-speed potential uh, ability is. Uh, they don't always say, oh, because you went to a, uh, Alabama that uh, and you started at Alabama and you won at Alabama. Yeah, if a lot of people look at the great players that Alabama has, and you certainly do develop. They develop their players at Alabama. They develop their players at some of these other universities. And currently right now, USC has had a problem and developing some of their players to be first-round players, but they have had two offensive linemen to become a first-round selection in the last couple of years. So, you know, these players are being looked at differently when you're an NFL scout than when you're a college uh, recruit. So, you know, I don't think a lot of the players, you know, take a marquee steps. He left because he didn't feel he was getting the opportunity to to, to, to play on the next level, and he wants to go somewhere where we can prove that. Well, I think that's something that uh, you do uh, when you select a school you go to, and uh, it has a lot to do with what you do offensively and how you use your personnel in uh, the school you choose. And I think that that has a lot to do with development of an athlete on where you go and if you'd have been a first-round selection. But uh, – for me to say, would they have been a first-round selection? I can't say that, but uh, they weren't. 
and that's the way they were evaluated by the NFL scouts. Yeah, I think you're going to get a bump uh, if you're going to play at Alabama. First of all, this year, Alabama played a full season, and USC played, you know, six games or whatever. So it's a little different, not as much tape, um, but we've seen success. We've seen Alabama recruit at an extremely high level. The The default is, hey, that guy's at Alabama. He's super talented because they've had a whole bunch of super talented guys. I mean, you're putting dudes in the NFL. Now, if, if some of them aren't end up being successful, you might see that wane a little bit. But I don't think if USC wasn't getting guys to the NFL, I mean, they've had, you know, first round offensive linemen selected, which is still baffling the last two years, still had five overall selections. I think you're not as a recruit, you're not looking at USC going, oh, they're not getting guys to the NFL. They are getting guys to the NFL. If there's no one going to the NFL, it's not about, well, if a guy's a third rounder and he ends up, he would have been a first rounder at Oregon or, or Alabama. I mean, that's, that's more of a nuanced thing than you know, if they had a, uh, you know, a run of no first round draft picks for a while, I think that would be something or some years where like nobody was getting drafted. I think that would be more significant than, you know, no one's doing what Alabama's doing right now. So it's really hard to co- to compare with that. But on the West coast, USC still putting as many dudes as the NFL as anybody, um, even when, you know, being down. So I, I don't think that's a, a negative recruit. You know, if anything, it's a, po- I mean, a negative recruiting tactic. Um, you know, is Oregon coming and saying, Hey, you know, we put Penny Sewell in the first round. Well, USC put you know, Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round. They each had one first round pick. So I, I don't think it makes that big of a difference for like a guy like Talanoa. I don't think he would have been a first round pick if he was at, uh, Oregon. He's a very productive player. I never thought he, he was going to be like a super combine guy and be a first round talent, but he could be someone that stays in the league for quite a while. And I think the same thing with Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, even in Alabama, I'm not sure he would have been a first rounder, but who knows? Uh, we'll see. But thanks Ricky for that question. And uh, thank you coach for sharing all the insights. So, you know, quick show, a little tight show today, but we got some interesting topics to talk about. Right, uh, Ryan, and just to uh, touch on that a bit more, you know, you don't even know if uh, uh, Brown would have even started at Alabama. Look at the receivers they had. So you don't really know. He might not have been able to uh, show what he can do there. So a lot of kids go there because they want to compete against the best and they have the confidence to compete against the best and they have a great program down there. You just saw one of the top linebackers in the country from Tennessee just transfer there. So, you know, it's uh, when you win and you put players into the NFL and you do these certain things, you're going to attract great players. It's just the way it is. So, uh, yes, I think it definitely helps that if you do go to Alabama and you do and you are successful there, that you have a better chance of being successful or uh, going on and, and becoming a first-round draft choice. So, hey, Ryan, I'll tell you what, uh, I really appreciate you having me on this podcast, I look forward to be on it in the near future. And again, if you've just joined us, we're going to take sort of a summer break, just like all of you want to take a summer break. It's been a different type of year. And uh, if something comes up that we need to talk about or you feel there's topics out there, get the word in to Ryan and we'll be happy to do them. But Ryan, uh, Ryan, I want to tell you, get some hiking in, play some volleyball, <laughs> enjoy yourself. Okay, my man, but I'll always be around. Sounds good, Coach. Yeah, I'll do my best. I got to make it out to Catalina and uh, check it out out there yeah. too. I haven't, 
Uh, well, I, I went earlier this year. That was fun, but I love going out to the island. So hopefully we can do that again, but thank you coach, uh, for being on. And like I said, if you have any topics or anything you want us to discuss, definitely send them in and, uh, we can fire up the show again, but we'll, we'll take a little time off. And, uh, from this show, we'll still do one with Keely Yor. We got our other shows and stuff going on, but, um, we'll, yeah, we'll wait for some more news to, to bring coach Hyde back, but thanks everyone. For listening, we do appreciate you uh, writing in and calling in and, and being out there and listening to us make the show possible, just having all the fans out there who uh, enjoy it. And we, we appreciate all the feedback. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028. Two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.